Welcome to the Soulful Podcast. I'm your host, Audrey. This podcast is all about nourishing the mind, body, and soul. Whether it be personal growth, fuel, or movement, I'm here to support you as we are on this ever-flowing journey together. Welcome back to another episode. Once again, I'm just so happy to have you here. I've recorded most of these episodes, not all of them, but a lot of them in the past week or so because I feel so much more connected to myself and so I actually feel called to speak and I feel like I can speak from a connected, resonated place. Whereas I think before when I was trying to record episodes, I just was never feeling in alignment. And I want to talk about basically how to get in alignment, maybe what living in alignment is. Um, So maybe I'll start there. To be living in alignment would mean to be living in a place where you feel connected and where you feel actually is right for you. So um, let's say you are naturally someone who needs a lot of peace and calm and you took a job that was very fast-paced, high energy um, and very, I guess, demanding and required a lot of speed maybe, that might not resonate so well with you if you feel so disjointed and disconnected from it. That's just an example. Another example where we see alignment a lot is in our own personal values and I got this tip from my life coach, uh, Cheryl Keats. She was so wonderful to work with. Um, this was one of the first sessions that we had is she gave me this homework assignment and my homework was to write down a list of all my values. At this point I, in my life, I was making a pretty big choice. I was trying to decide whether I wanted to stay where I was or um, change my job and change the country I was living, a series of things. I had been living abroad and working and I was deciding basically if I wanted to go home or if I wanted to stay another year or I guess in theory go somewhere else. And so I was feeling so back and forth. One day I was like, I'm for sure going to stay away. Another day I was like, no, I've for sure decided I'm going home. And it was this whole kind of tumbleweed. Eventually got to a point where I decided for sure I'm staying. And then COVID kind of hit. I went to see my family and then I felt so good being with my family that then I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll go home. And after all this back and forth, I spoke to Cheryl about it and this is what she suggested. And if you have a pen and paper near you, I will suggest that you do it too. Once you have your list of values, when something is not connected to you, you will look at that list and you will know when you're out of alignment. So when you feel upset or hurt about something, a lot of the times we feel upset or hurt about something that we don't know what it is. Like we can't, we don't know. You say all the time, I'm sure you've said it so many times, and I say it all the time, is like when somebody asks why you're upset, and you say, I don't know. And there are days where I'm sure I've said that I don't know why I'm upset, but I just feel like crying and I don't know why. And I'm sure there are days where... um I've, I know what I'm upset about, but I feel like I shouldn't be because it feels like it's stupid or, um, I don't know, it feels wrong. And I think I've said this before, but if something's upsetting you, it's not stupid. It's just something that's upsetting you. And that's totally okay. There's no right or wrong and no one can tell you what can or can't make you upset, right? So 
look at this sheet and when you feel upset, you can look at it and you will know that you're upset because one of these needs is not being met, right? So let's say you're feeling a bit off with one of your friends and but it's not such a big deal that you shouldn't be upset about this one comment that they said or you know, whatever. And you come back and you look at your list and you realize connection is like number one or number two or number three, or even if it's number 10 or 12 on your list, you'll know, okay, this is where I feel like I'm not, I'm not getting what I hope to. And it doesn't mean that we can expect our relationships with our friends to be perfect all the time, right? Of course, they're going to be turbulent. That's the way that life is. And actually, that's what makes our relationships so special and so beautiful is because they can grow and change. And a lot of the times when you, you know, have a friend that's, um, you don't feel like the day went as well as it normally does, or if you have a frustrating conversation with them because you feel like they're not understanding you, this is not actually a frustrating situation. This is an opportunity for you to both learn and grow whether you can work together well and for you to learn how maybe you can communicate this to your friend more and for your friend to maybe come back and realize like, how can I be a supportive friend in this moment, right? And in the end, ideally, you leave this experience having a better and stronger friendship and relationship should you both be able to choose to communicate. Some people, if they feel like their needs aren't being met, can feel like they need to protect themselves and shut down and remove themselves from the situation, right? And of course, there are times when you should remove yourself from the situation, right? If you have someone in your life who is not willing to grow or push themselves or, or meet you where you need to be met, then you need to let that go sometimes. And that can be really challenging. And it can happen the same for a career, for um, a lifestyle choice, whatever it be. There are sometimes things that aren't going to sit with you the way that you feel connected to. And at that time, it's okay to let it go. It's okay to move on and it's okay to even, you know, tell your friend like, hey, I really value you as a friend, but I'm... I'm feeling a little bit disconnected here and I think I need some time and I hope that your friend will be able to understand and if they don't then maybe it's not perfect and I guess I'm using a friend example because I feel like that's the easiest one that um, a lot of people can relate to because maybe you don't have a friend but maybe a family member or um, a co-worker or someone and relationships are something that we deal with every single day with people around us um, at work, at home, wherever we are outside on the subway, even like somebody knocked into me on the subway today. And I actually felt a bit like, wow, I can't believe that person just did that. And they turned around and I saw them out of the corner of my eye, I looked back. And of course, you know, initially when that happens to you, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. That was so rude. And then I registered out of the corner of my eye that they were looking back at me. And I realized actually, do I really think that that person is thinking that they knocked into me on purpose? Like, oh, so I hope her, I hope she's a terrible day. <laughs> no, I'm sure that person was turning around looking like, oh my God, whoops, I feel so bad, right? And so then you can change the narrative in your head to be, okay, they didn't mean to do that. And you can let it go. And just because you dismiss something as they didn't mean to, this is where it connects to, I guess, alignment in relationships or in lifestyle choices, whatever it may be for you. Just because something doesn't intentionally hurt you or not meet you where you should be met doesn't mean that it's okay. 
So intentions, I find val- are valued just as much. I would say they're equal with the outcome. So if someone is always, you know, if the intention is good, let's say for you it's drinking, okay? You're going to go out partying and drinking and it's going to be so fun. And you're going to have some cocktails with the girls and the intention is just to have a fun night and let go and relax and enjoy an evening. That's great. But if the outcome upsets you, like I know personally for me, I just don't resonate that much with drinking these days and that's totally fine. And it doesn't mean that, um, I expect my friends to not want to drink, of course. And I don't mind having one or sometimes two if I'm feeling a little bit, (laughs) a little bit, um, I don't know, more energized by it. It depends on my mood a lot. I find when I go into anything with alcohol, um, but if it, if the intention is good, that's one thing. If when you leave the evening and the next day you feel hungover and you feel miserable, then the outcome is not good. Then you need to reassess whether this is truly in alignment with you, right? Because what is sitting with you really at the end of it? When you're hungover, are you thinking about how happy you are that you had such a fun time or are you actually just feeling miserable and is there a line that you could walk where you feel maybe less ill or not ill at all but still have just as much fun so for me if I go into alcohol and I guess how I feel about it and I've mentioned I think just briefly earlier that I don't drink so much these days I definitely did drink a lot when I was in university I think a lot of people do Um, and that doesn't mean you should, and that doesn't mean you shouldn't. It's whatever, you know, you're on your own journey and your own path, and there's absolutely zero judgment whatsoever. Um, but for me, I was noticing, so when I was in university for the first little while, I wasn't really experiencing hangovers because I didn't drink so much in high school or anything. A lot of my friends had started drinking in high school and, I don't know, just didn't seem it to me. I would still go to the parties and I would just have one one drink and uh that would be more than enough for me um and then in university I started drinking more as everyone else around me was drinking honestly very excessively um and so I did too and for the first few years it was fine and then by the time I hit my second degree so this would have been now my fifth year of university and I had started you know toying with not drinking I had one month in the third year I remember where I resolved not to drink and that was like almost like such a big deal with my friends which is so crazy because they were they were obviously supportive no one was saying you should drink but it was like oh my god really you're not drinking and then when you actually continue to not drink throughout the month and then they're like oh my god okay are you sure you don't want to just have one you know two weeks in and you're like no people are almost a bit shocked if you commit to it especially in um university but And it depends on your friend group also, right? My university that I went to was um, very much a social um, kind of party university. And while I enjoyed that very much, obviously I realized this whole alcohol thing later on. And so I got my first real hangover when I was in my fifth year university doing my second degree and I felt so ill and I actually didn't realize that I was just hungover because I had never experienced this before. Um, And... I part of me thought maybe I'm actually also ill. I don't know. And then there was another time where I also was feeling really ill. And and actually, I don't think that I had that much to drink, but something in my body said, this is not for you. Because I think I had maybe 
I might have had five, which can sound like a lot. And for me, I would say right now it's a lot, but I'm sure a lot of people in my university when we were going out were drinking eight or more easily. So five didn't seem so crazy at the time, I guess. It might have even been four, honestly. I don't remember. But I had alcohol and something in me said, this is not for you. And when I came home the next day, I was so ill. I was so shocked that I was this ill, first of all. And I couldn't eat. And I was so dizzy that I literally stayed dizzy for one week straight. Isn't that crazy? So I had this whole one week where I was super dizzy, super ill. And I was like, okay, this has actually ruined my day. And every time I got hungover since then, which after that, and in, when I had finished my undergraduate degree, I was drinking not nearly as much. Um, but I found that when I was drinking, I was still drinking too much, if that makes sense. Like drinking to the point of like being fully drunk and not just like stopping when I have a fun buzz going. Um, so when I was experimenting with this, you know, less alcohol thing, and sometimes I would have like one or two casuals with my mom or sister at home, like if we would have like a girl's evening and have like two glasses of wine or something. And I got to the point where I could, I, and I still can feel if I have one glass of wine, I can still feel it the next day. So for me, actually, I hate the feeling, and I don't say hate really with anything, but I hate the feeling of feeling when I've had alcohol previously the day before. Um, And I honestly always just feel like it's just ruining my life. And I know that that probably sounds so dramatic, but it really does throw me off track. Like I feel so miserable, so grouchy. And you know what? Part of it is maybe the way that I've wired my brain to when I feel hungover, feeling hungover, these physical feelings equals these mental and emotional feelings. And then I'm sure the mental and emotional feelings are also feeding this miserable feeling in my body, right? And I'm, I think the days where if I have felt like I could feel that I had one drink or something and the next day, and then later in that day, I had some plans to go out with a friend or do something and it gets my mind off of it and I'm in a different state, then actually I don't notice it anymore. Um, so I guess this also connects to kind of this mind-body connection that I was referring to in my last podcast episode about rewiring our brains and being setting ourselves up for a good challenge. Um, although I just said that I wasn't calling it a challenge. Anyways, if you would like to hear about uh, what I am adding into my life starting April 1st, you can listen to the previous episode. Um, but basically, in short, I'm just adding in one thing every day that makes me feel really good. And that brings me joy. That's it. There's no time limit. There's no 10 minutes of reading, 10 minutes of this, 10 minutes of that. It's just one thing that makes you happy and makes you feel good. That's all. And it's not a challenge. It's just moments, allowing for moments of joy in your day. So anyways, back to the episode. So alcohol for me, all of this is to say, is out of alignment. I realized that, right? Because having these one drinks and these one hangovers was making me feel so disconnected and so much, so out of my body and so not myself. I know that the real me is happy and energized and excited and moving and vibrant. And sometimes I can be peaceful and calm and, you know, 
grateful and fluid, but I have all of these facets of me as people do, um, of themselves, but this experience that I was having post-alcohol is not, is not connected to really any of these, these things that I want to experience as my identity. If you're drinking every single day and feeling hungover and miserable every single day, you're likely going to start thinking that you're, that you are naturally someone who is hungover and physically and miserable, right? And it doesn't have to do just with alcohol. If every day you are telling yourself that you're a miserable person, that your job sucks, that this is terrible, every single day you are going to wake up continuing to feel that because you have told yourself that that's who you are. And so living in alignment is also living within a self-identity that we feel like we want to be, right? They say, if you go into relationships, they say that the five people that you surround yourself with the most are the five people that you are the most likely to become. Like they say, you are an average of the five people that you surround yourself with, I think is the actual sentence. Um, So when I think of the five people that I surround myself with, like my mom, um, some of my good friends and my coworkers, my coworkers who are also my best friends here. And I think about all these beautiful qualities that they have. I notice how they sit with me more. And I notice how sometimes maybe if somebody has a bad habit of something, and this is not to say that shame on them. I have many bad habits, I'm sure. Um, but you'll notice if you're around people that are complaining a lot or, you know, feeling miserable, it's likely that these feelings will move to sit with you and they don't have to sit with you. They're not your job. They're not your responsibility and they are not your identity. They're just your experience at this time. And when you experience this every single day, it does start to sit with your identity, but your identity is only exactly who you create, right? Your reality of your life is what you choose to create. Every single day you wake up, you are putting new stuff in your life. When you talk to someone at work that you like, you are making choices to connect with this person. When you are talking to someone who complains a lot, you are making, you are signing yourself up to listen to this complaint, right? And there's one thing to listen to a complaint and there's another thing to be a supportive friend, right? If somebody's having a tough day and they're your close friend and you listen to them and they are still, you know, rude or distant or they brush you off, obviously you shouldn't accept that. Don't take this as you're someone that has done this to you personally, but that is very different than if there's someone that you work with that is always negative, is always miserable, is always complaining, is never wants to, you know, push themselves or learn something or grow or try something new because they feel intimidated by the possibility that they won't be successful. These are all things that I'm sure you can think of someone right now that is like this that you work with um, or maybe that you know in life. Maybe you might work with just purely amazing people. And actually, I would say that my current job, I really do work with just purely amazing people. Obviously, um, there are people that you're closer with than others, but I'm sure at some point in your life, you know that there are people that you resonate with and there are people that you don't resonate with. So when you live in alignment, it means you are surrounding yourself with people that are more like the person that you want to become. They are more like um, meeting you at a life that is true to you. And this, I've now talked about relationships. I've talked about 
um, alcohol. And you can also talk about this in regards to your career, right? And I think I mentioned this at the beginning that I naturally feel like I'm a very calm, um, although I can be energized and I'm obviously very energized right now while I'm talking and I'm getting so passionate about this, which is why I'm talking so much, I'm sure. But, um, I guess podcasts are for talking. So, um, with my career, I love it. I feel, um, like I really am making a difference a lot of the days and it's so special to see change happening every day and to see connections forming and people like learning something new from you, right? This is really special to me. I'm feeling a bit like it, I feel sometimes as though life is hectic when actually life is beautiful and I hate feeling, I know I've said hate now twice, but, and I know I feel like I say it in such a strong way, but it's because there are two things that I really do not resonate with. And the other one I mentioned earlier, and the second one that I will also say is being rushed. And I often set myself up to be rushed all the time. This connects to alignment, obviously. Am I living in alignment if I wake up and I'm rushed and I'm rushed at the door and I'm rushed to make my smoothie and I rush to the subway because I'm worried I'm going to miss the train that I need to to make the bus that I need to to get there. Obviously, that is out of alignment for me. I want to wake up. I want to make everything calmly. I want to walk in a not rushed way to the subway. Like I want to be able to calmly walk, enjoy the sun. I want to get to work. I want to say hi to everyone. I want to have time to set my stuff down before I need to start doing anything. And, you know, maybe I'll go to the staff room and I'll put my, um, I'll go to the kitchen area and I'll put my Tupperware in the fridge, maybe whatever it needs though. That is a morning that aligns with me. But when I feel rushed, I feel disconnected. And maybe this is something you resonate with, or maybe you can apply this to another aspect of your career, right? But there are certain elements of life that you resonate with and you don't. And it's one thing to not resonate with one or two things within your career, but it's another thing to not resonate with like on a, on a daily basis to go to your career and feel in a good mood and then get there and have your mood drop instantly or to dread going to work. These are all things that are not sitting with you. And from here, there are two things you can do within your career. One, the, I guess, obvious choice to most people as what they think of like, what are my options if I hate my career? Quit. That's number one option. Number one is if it's not sitting with you and it's making you miserable every single day, leave. If you know what you're passionate about and you want to work there, leave. However, I recognize that not everyone can just up and leave their job. I also recognize that people depend on their jobs financially, but also people depend on like a series of things within your job. Like a lot of people aren't emotionally ready to quit and start from zero. So if you're at this point where you feel ready to quit, you feel ready to change your job, Go online, start searching up some places you would like to work, start preparing your resume, and you can apply calmly as you continue to work until you get a job that maybe you like better. That's number one option. Number two option, which people don't think of as much but is equally as important or can change more, is how does this job fulfill you? Think about that. 
So maybe this job does pay your bills. Maybe it allows you to live in a home that you love. Maybe it allows you to go out to dinner with a friend. Maybe it allows you to have freedom when you leave. It allows you to actually go somewhere on the weekend if you have the budget to. Maybe it feeds your kids. Maybe it buys a birthday present for someone that you care about. There are so many things about your job that your job is giving you every single day that make your life better. Every single day. So even if you feel out of alignment in a few places, but you don't feel totally out of alignment, try to change your mentality around it. How can I actually realize that, oh my God, I love my job and I'm so grateful for this career because it allows me to do all these things, right? These are all things that can help you feel positive and uplifted at work, even if you don't sometimes. So that would be my suggestion with alignment within your career. And if still you feel like you need to quit, but you don't know what it is, think about like, what are you passionate about? What do you care about? What makes you feel happy? So for me, I know I will start a health coaching business. I talked about this in a previous episode, but I've been so committed to it uh, for so long, but without actually officially committing, right? I'm in my own personal growth and learning process through it for years and years and years. Um, And I've known that that's what I wanted to do, but there was just this intimidation of like, Am I going to be able to support myself financially in a way that I want to? And I have to just trust that, of course, I will, because I know who I am when I'm living through alignment. And when I'm living through alignment, I am so much more successful. I'm happier. People like being around me even more so than already. Um, Everybody likes to work with someone who feels connected and whole, right? So if If you feel like there's a career that you know you feel called to, you could even start it as a side hustle. Anyways, this has almost been like three mini episodes within this episode of alignment. So I guess now we've talked about alignment. I've also talked about um, friendships, relationships, alcohol, um, career. And these are, they all still connect to alignment. Um, They're under this big kind of umbrella where it connects to every aspect of your life. Um, So maybe I will close it off there, but I hope this has opened your eyes a little bit to kind of how you feel aligned, what aligns you, what your values are. And if you don't know yet where living in alignment is for you, start with the values, start reflecting on qualities that you like in other people. Even if you have a good friend, you can think about, okay, what do I really like about them? What, what's special about them to me? What do they bring to my life? And what do you value bringing to other people's lives? With love, Audrey.